Welcome to Motherhood Designed, a podcast about balancing all aspects of life as a mother. Join me, Gabriella Dukas, as I sit down with different guests to discuss how they've designed their own version of motherhood. In this episode, I'm joined by Lauren Robbins of Lauren Robbins Interiors. As a wife, mom of three, interior designer, and business owner, Lauren knows a lot about balancing demanding life and work schedules. Her Augusta-based firm, Lauren Robbins Interiors, is best known for their modern take on traditional design, and her all-female team works with families across the Southeast and beyond to infuse lifestyle and identity into their homes while creating spaces that are both beautiful and functional. Lauren was so incredibly sweet and down-to-earth and offered a great perspective on taking time off, making big moves, and also some tips for using high-end items in spaces with children. I know you'll relate and enjoy hearing more about her experience. So today I'm welcoming Lauren Robbins of Lauren Robbins Interiors. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be here. I'm so excited to uh, join you. I'm so excited to have you as well. Um, I've checked out some of your stuff on Instagram. It is absolutely gorgeous. And I know you you. obviously are a mom as well. I just learned that you were a mom to twins, which is its own unique journey. So I'm really excited to chat. Absolutely. Yes, that was um, quite the surprise Um, for number two and three. We thought we were just getting number two. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we found out there was another one in there. So what in, but definitely a blessing to have three healthy babies, which is wonderful. Yes, definitely. Uh, I guess they say the more the merrier for a reason. (laughs) At times, right? At times. At times, yeah. (laughs) So let's get started with a little bit about you and your background, um, where you live, how long you've been married, how many kids you have and their ages, and anything else that you think might be relevant about your early years. Absolutely. Um, Well, currently we live in Augusta, Georgia. And um, my husband and I have been here. We actually are both from North Carolina. So we moved here almost 12 years ago um, for his job and not really knowing anyone, not having any family or really close friends here, kind of friends of friends. Um, And we met, had this wonderful group of people that we got connected with. We'd all moved back to Augusta that same summer and everyone was looking for friends and no one had children yet. So it was really nice because if someone said, hey, we're going out to dinner come join us um it was easy just to kind of pick up and go and we really got this wonderful core group of friends who we then all ended up having um our first children right around the same time so it was you know as you know when you have children it's so nice to have that support system and those people you can call on just to be like is this normal like what am i what should i be doing you know go on walks with and um so we had my oldest um his name is grove and he is um nine years old and then about two and a half years later we got surprised with boy girl twins um and henry and eloise are now six years old got it um i have to ask what's the masters like in augusta for you (laughs) as as a as a local so honestly, I we actually leave, um, and we um, so we get out of town, um, and you know all of the schools their spring breaks align with Masters Week um, because a lot of patrons and corporations come in, and um, people have the ability to rent their homes, um, and so since it's you know our kids are out of school basically for ten days because we also get the Monday after Masters so everyone can kind of recover, um, we get that Monday off of school as well. So um, we usually, this year we actually um, headed out of town, went to the beach and really relaxed. We just finished a construction project on our home that's taken about almost a year, year and a half. And so literally my husband and I were like, sweeping the floors to get ready for our renters as like, you know, as they were like pulling in the driveway. Um, but it all ended up working out beautifully, but we were, we were in need of some R&R. But um, but normally it's like the most fun year of the week in Augusta. We stayed last year and it was, you know, there's something going on every, you know, every single day you can get passes um, from friends and different corporations. And it's just really a really wonderful time. And the city really shines. I mean, the beauty of having a tournament like this every year is the fact that people are constantly 
you know, every single year, it's a reason to spring clean, to kind of get your house looking great, get your yard looking great. So you're driving around Augusta in at the beginning of April and the, the town looks great, <laughs> you know? Yes, it's a great time. Um, but yeah, this year, unfortunately, we kind of had to get out of town, um, but it was a nice break for us. Yeah, um, it'd be cool to live somewhere, I guess, where there's like a a yearly event like that. Um, it's almost like a, a yearly tourist attraction. I'm not too far from Marion and Aronimink, yeah. which have both hosted PGA um, championships before, but I can't imagine having it happen every year. Well, and it's it, it's just such a big part of the economy. And so, I mean, it's so interesting, you know, not being from here, I didn't really understand how important the masters was to like the city, you know, kind of how they both like we, they work so well together and how important it is for the city, but also how much, you know, the, the national has um, given back to the city of Augusta and they are best invested in making sure that the city um, and certain foundations and organizations are supported and that they know that they have the support of the national. And so it's a really wonderful relationship, but there's so many little niche markets and niche jobs that I I had no idea existed until you you move here and you know there's people who their sole job is to find tournament housing for corporations for members for people who just want to come for the week or for the four-day tournament um and there's so much um that revolves around the tournament it's really really an interesting it's an interesting piece of um, of Augusta, which has been really fun to kind of figure out the longer that we've lived here. Yeah, that is really cool. Well, it sounds like you might be in the, the right profession then if uh, there are people who are <laughs> renting out houses. Um, yes. I'm sure having a beautiful house helps uh, if you're you know, trying to rent to a uh, Jordan Spieth or something. Yeah, um, I mean, we're but, busy in January. <laughs> January to yeah. April, we're, we're busy. <laughs> I'm sure. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your career path before you branched out and started Lauren Robbins Interiors? Um, what did those early years of your career look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I was actually a journalism major. So I had I always loved interior design, but I had no intention of going into interior design. I thought I was going to move to New York and conquer the PR world and be, you know, uh, the next publicist. And I did that for six weeks um, right out of college. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not for me. I was I just was not um, pretty laid back and chill. And I just was not very cutthroat. And I was like, I don't know if I should be working in this industry. And so I ended up have, taking a meeting one day with a family friend, just like was going to pick her brain to kind of see, you know, if there was any other job that she might know of, or, you know, just always meeting people, you know, when you're moving to a new city and I, um, she and I had dinner and we, it was like, ended up being like a two hour long dinner. And she was like, you know, I actually was, you know, beginning to look for an assistant. Like, is that something that you would want to do? And she worked for an event planning and catering company in New York. And it was really high end and it was wonderful because they, got to do events all over the city. So as like a 22 year old, I'm able to like go into, you know, MoMA and into people's private homes with like these fabulous art collections and this fabulous design and do these like wonderful events. And I was like, sure, I'll do anything. You know, I just was, I knew I liked her. I knew like she would, you know, take care of me. And so I ended up um, joining her um, and doing event planning in the city for um, probably about two years. Um, but at that time, my husband was back in school in Raleigh. He was getting another degree and we were doing the long distance thing, um, which we had been doing for almost three years. And so after about three years, it can kind of get old. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you're, you have no money and you know, he's a student. I'm making no money in New York city. And so flying back and forth, it just was, you know, it was tiresome. Um, and a drain on our, you know, finances. And so after a while, we kind of d agreed like, okay, we want to take the next step. And so I ended up moving down to Raleigh and working um, alongside his mom, who has an in interior design business as well. So she kind of helped me 
get into um, the design business. Um, and, and we were still dating at this point. So I, it is kind of interesting that, you know, I was working with her, with his mom, but we, she's wonderful. And we had, we still to this day have like a wonderful relationship. Um, but we, I was able to do interior design with her. And, um, and then after we got married and John got his first job, his job brought us to Augusta. And so when we moved here, it was back in 2011, um, I ended up getting a job in Augusta working for an event planner who also, he kind of had this little niche where he did events, a lot of events that he does for um, the, during the master's tournaments. A lot of the corporations come in and he does these high-end events there. But kind of the rest of the time throughout the year, um, he also did interior design because that was what he majored in. And so... I was like, okay, if I will help you with your events, if you really like teach me interior design, you know, and he was like, absolutely. So I kind of, I think we both brought something to the table in that relationship. And so I worked with him, um, doing weddings, doing events for masters, doing all sorts of things. And then we also had these really wonderful high-end, um, interiors clients that, um, he just, he was really particular about details and finishes and trims. And, um, and he really taught me, like, he taught me like just the little skills that now, you know, I carry into my design work every single day. And so I worked with him until I had my son Grove um, back in 2014. And I, after I had him, I thought it was going to go back to work, but I, I just didn't know, you know, after six weeks, I was like, I just don't, I was not ready, you know? And so I kind of just stepped back from, I stepped back from work for a little bit and kind of just wanted to stay home and be, um, and be a mom. And, and at that time it was exactly what I needed to do. Um, and so, and, and I loved it. And, but I am someone who's like, go, 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 loves to be busy. And so after a while, you know, I kind of piddle here and piddle there and get, my design work, you know, or kind of start doing things around the house and friends, um, just started to kind of ask me for my help and my opinions on things. And so a friend had this interesting shaped living room and was asking me, okay, you know, how do I, how do I set this up? Like, we really want to live here. We want, we want it to be comfortable. We want it to be cozy. Like I need lighting. And so I was like, oh, here's what we do. And I used, I still used my mother-in-law's accounts at that time, you know, to order furniture and, and we designed a room and then someone else saw a picture of it and said, okay, Lauren, can you help? And so then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I guess like, I guess we're doing this, you know, I guess we're doing this uh, interior design thing. And it just kind of happened organically from there. <laughs> That's cool. It sounds like there's some serendipity involved in your story too, with working in events and then transitioning yeah. to interior design and then finding someone who combined events and interior design. So it I sounds know. like you're perfect for that. It, so it, it all, yeah, all lined up right place at the right time. Yeah, it really was. And especially in, you know, not being from Augusta and not really knowing what to expect here. I really didn't expect to find that, you know, um, to find that person, especially who did events at like such a high caliber. And so I, um, it was, yeah, it was just, it was a great, it was, it was, you're right. It was very serendipitous and it was just one of those great opportunities that really allowed me to kind of figure out. And it, it was a great opportunity to figure out, do I like, you know, do I really like interiors as much as I'm hoping that I do, or it doesn't make more sense for me to stay in the event world, which is like comfortable and I know it. And, you know, I'm, I had all the templates and was organized, but in the end, it was the interiors that I was really drawn to. So, Well, it sounds like it worked out pretty perfectly for you as well with being yeah. able to take that time off while still kind of keeping your foot in the door with some smaller projects. And then when the time was right, your kids were a little bit older and more independent, you could take more of a plunge into formalizing yes. that um that career path. So what does Lauren Robbins Interiors look like today? Uh, what services do you offer and, and where are most of your clients? Yeah. Um, so we have, um, so I officially went out um, and formed Lauren Robbins Interiors in 2018. Um, it was kind of time for me to kind of branch off from my mother-in-law's business and then also, you know, kind of 
make everything official, website, all of the things. And so um, at that time, I was working um, in the third floor of my house. I think we've all, a lot of, you know, startups and female and businesses have always have found a place to work within the home. And you kind of shut a door and hope that no one um, interrupts you, you know, if you're on a phone call. With, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm in my guest room with my child napping across the hall. So I hear you. Door <laughs> locked. Okay. Um, and so I did that for a while and I'd have clients trek up to the third floor and I felt awful, you know, about it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, but after a while we moved, um, we had a cottage in our old house and we, I then like we had a renter at the time. And then I was like, okay, like I'm ready to take the next step. I had an employee and so moved over to the cottage and then over in, in, or back in 2021, um, I was working with one of my good friends, um, Natalie Thompson, who is a photographer and she does interior photography as well as like portraits and heirloom photography. And she was using one of the rooms, you know, occasionally in my cottage to do these heirloom black and white portraits. And I looked at her one day and I was like, I really think we need to have a space. You know, I was like, this is, you know, I was having to move my sample room aside. And so she could come in and set up so that these kids, you know, it was one day a week. And I just thought, okay, this is not, you know, we're both growing. She was gaining popularity because she was providing these like beautiful portraits. We were growing and I knew I needed to have more, more room for samples and for potential employees. So I was driving around one day in Augusta and I passed the building. I had passed every single day. I swear every single day. And all of a sudden one day I passed by and there's a sign in the yard that says like for lease. And I literally like turned around, pulled in, called the guy. He met me there probably either that afternoon or the next day. And it was this old antique shop that had been vacant for probably five years. I mean, at one point, I believe um, the roof, like was had been completely off, you know, nothing good was happening. And I literally pulled up at the point where they, it was just a shell. And so I like called Natalie and I called another friend of ours, um, Melissa, who owns an aesthetic studio. And I was like, y'all, I think I found a building for us. Like, let's like all go in and create this like space for female owned businesses to, you know, kind of have like our little creative hub and we can each have little sections and um, we can run our businesses out of here and then we'll be able to go to work with our friends, you know? And so we now have what we call Somerville Studios. So Somerville is the kind of historic neighborhood in the center of Augusta. And um, Somerville Studio is now home to four female-owned businesses, myself included, Natalie Thompson Photography, um, MAC, which is Medical Aesthetics Concierge. So they do kind of everything with the face and beauty and um, and then the Scout Guide of Augusta. So, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So the four of us um, have our businesses there. And it's just a great space where we can all kind of, you know, we see each other. We all feed each other business. We all are supportive of one another another. Um, and it's just been, you know, not only like a beautiful way for four businesses to kind of all come together and work together and we have events and trunk shows. Um, but it's also been so great to see this like beautiful building that, you know, at one point it was a convenience store. At one point it was a bookshop. Then it was an antique shop. Then it sat vacant for years to kind of become, you know, full of life again. And, you know, just to be this space where really beautiful things are happening. So well, that's where we're working now. And it's allowed me to have the um, ability to expand my team. So at Somerville Studio, we've expanded our team. And I am the lead designer. And I have two junior designers who are underneath me, um, a pro and a project manager. So they're really the um, they're really a part of my design team. Um, but then we also have a small retail shop. And so I have one employee who helps me. She kind of toggles between the design side and the retail side. Um, and then another employee who kind of helps me with our marketing. And when we do truck shows, when we're working with different vendors to kind of bring them into town, um, she really is the one helping me kind of making sure all that is organized, which is a huge, um, a huge help and a, a great load off my plate. 
It sounds like, again, everything was kind of the right place at the right time. You drove by that space. Um, and I love the connection that you have to other female business owners. That's, that's really cool and special, especially to be in such close proximity with them. Yes, it, it is. And it's just nice, you know, because if you're in the office by yourself and someone's in their office, it's just nice to kind of feel, you know, that was one thing I didn't love about working from home. Like, yes, it's easy to, you know, hop upstairs and get something done. And, you know, once you put your children to bed and that's, you know, good and bad, I think sometimes. Um, but um, it's just nice to have people around you too, you know, and I missed that when I was working by myself and working out of my house. So it, it really has been a great, a great relationship and a great place to work. Absolutely. I can see that. So you talked a little bit about how um, having children caused you to take a little bit of a career pause. Mm-hmm. Um, how else have, has having kids affected your career, do you think? Um, have you encountered any challenges as you've navigated those years of early motherhood while you were kind of starting to dip your toes back into the interior design world in a more formal way? Um, and are there any challenges that you've faced since officially founding your company in 2018? I mean, you know, I think the hardest thing it, for me is trying to be everything to everyone at times. You know, not only am I a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm a boss, I'm a friend, you know. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to to do it all. And, and, you know, a lot of us are really kind of, you know, either overachievers or perfectionists, you know, when you own a business, like you have these standards that you set for yourself. And so really, you know, I kind of have to really kind of sit back and make sure that I'm not doing too much to like burn myself out, you know, because it's so easy for it to happen. And so I've really, you know, I kind of like joke that I'm like a logistics manager at times, you know, because I've got, not only do I have two children at two different ages and two different, you know, obviously grades, but they're at two different schools too, because that's just what worked best for their personality. So it's two different schools, two different school systems where they're in, you know, their schedules don't always align and, you know, one school starts really early, you know, so I just really feel like it's the logistics and um, that's been the hardest thing for me. It's just trying to balance it all. My husband's job, although it moved us to Augusta, his job is technically in another town about 40 minutes away, um, which is a little smaller. So it's not always easy for him to kind of come and, you know, pick someone up if they're sick or have a doctor's appointment. And so it's been, we really had to find kind of our little village of people to help us, you know, handle it all, you know, to, to help us, you know, div- I have to divide and conquer at times. Um, and that's going to, that's just, sometimes I have a hard time with it, but it's something that I know like we have to do. So that way everyone can be healthy and happy in the long run. So yeah, there's, I actually talked to my OB about this yesterday because I had my six week appointment and, you know, she's mm-hmm. checking in as like an OB showed Absolutely. on, you know, how you're doing mentally after having a baby. And she made a comment where she said, you know, you don't have to do it all. Yes. And I, I didn't respond this, but I wanted to say, I know I don't have to do it all, but there's certain things that if I don't do them, they don't get done and they have yeah. to get done. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it can be really hard to find that balance between like, okay, what do I have to do? Like what, what needs to get right. done? Yeah. Um, what do I want to get done on top of that? Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. frequently the want to do's are what get dropped, but you still, yeah. you know, those are important to your mental health too. Right. And, and <laughs> so it's, you- it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that took me very, like speaking very candidly, like that took me a long time to really figure out like this, like balance. Like I, I think, I guess when the twins were probably three or four, I really had a hard time. I was like really struggling with like, how do you do it all? How do you, you know, because they were only, they weren't really in school. So they must've been three, like they weren't in school for a full day. And then it was like, I was kind of planning on them napping so I could get things done. And then when they wouldn't nap, it just kind of threw my day off and it just was, you know, and then it, you know, and then you feel all this pressure to, you know, oh my gosh, like I have all these things to do, you know what I mean? And people are like, oh, it's okay. And you're like, but it still is like it, but then you're like, no, but there's still things I have to get done, you know, and it's hard. Um, but I realized, you know, and 
where obviously every single age group and every single phase is so different and, you know, things, some things become easier while other things become harder. Um, and I think one of the things that I've realized, like what works best for our family is like when I am healthy and when I get the things that I need, I can be such a better mom. Do you know what I mean? And my husband, I will have to give him so much credit because he is like very supportive of that. Like, and for me, it's like just taking time to, you know, kind of be on my own and like decompress a little bit because all day, you know, I'm, I'm a boss. I'm in front of people. I'm like leading meetings. I'm presenting in front of people all day. But when I get home, sometimes I just like need to like, I must be like by myself just so I can kind of just come back down right to like my to a normal level instead of being like on all the time um and he's really been really supportive about that and like you know we kind of have our jobs you know he he does you know he I hand I'm with the kids in the morning he leaves really early in the morning so I'm handling all three by myself and trying to get myself out the door in the mornings. Um, and so the nighttime is really important for him. Um, and it's such a nice reprieve for me because I'm, you know, while he's upstairs handling bath and getting everyone like ready for books, I can just like kind of have my time where I can listen to a podcast or listen to some music and just kind of chill while, you know, I'm kind of tidying up and piddling and things like that. Um, and also, you know, for me as well, like being able to have that time to exercise and just have that me time has been super important. And he's been so supportive of that. You know, he's never kind of pitched a fit about getting me being able to have that time for myself, because I think he, you know, as partners, we both understand just how important it is to that each other is healthy um, or else like the whole family unit suffers. Um, and that's been really, really nice because, you know, I think at, for a while or, you know, there was a point when the kids, when the twins were a little younger, that it just, it was really hard for me to find time to do anything for myself, you know, and, and someone always wanted you. And, um, and that can be, and it, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it can be draining as well, you know? Um, so absolutely. It's so nice to have that support system. It sounds like you have with your husband, um, that saying, you know, you have to put on your own oxygen mask first. (laughs) I've heard it. And I feel like when I had, I mean, my second is only, like I said, seven weeks old, but I feel like as soon as I had a second, it was like, okay, this is what people are talking about. Because suddenly, I mean, with one, you still have chunks of time in the day where they don't need you because they're sleeping or you can, you know, occupy them with, don't tell anyone I said this. Screen time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you do what you have to do. You know? But then, right. <laughs> but then you have two, and it's like the newborn's not going to have screen time. The newborn right. will not sleep at the same time as the toddler. No. So, yeah, it's important. It's yeah, it's important, and it's and it takes like a while to find that balance. And I think you have to do what works best for you and your family. Do you know what I mean? And like, no one knows what you're going through. No one knows what your neighbor's going through. No one knows like the dynamic of the family, meaning like someone may have to leave at 530 every morning. Someone may not get home until 730 at night. Like you have to do what works for your family. So that way, you know, that way y'all serve, you know, not survive, but like, you know, that way it you can flourish, right? That's the goal is for you, for your kids to grow up in this like wonderful, healthy, you know, supportive household. And I think everyone, it's really important for everyone to be healthy. Um, so that way we can like, you know, raise these kids up to be, you know, good human beings who know how to communicate and know how to, um, just handle real life problems. And it's, um, you know, it, it starts at home. And I think we have to set good examples for those children. So they then can take that into their lives when we can no longer be with them. Absolutely. And that, that model is really important of them seeing someone who is healthy and also happy um, and not always frazzled and stressed out because that's not helpful to them to see that that's adulthood. Right. Absolutely. Like that's the last thing you want. And, and I got to, and and I got to a point at one point, um, when, like I said, when the kids were younger, where I felt that way, I probably didn't, it probably didn't always come off that way, but I felt like, I don't really know if, if I should be like 
feeling anxious all the time. Do you know what I mean? And then, um, and then it was, you know, finding that balance of, you know, a balance of work, a balance of, um, you know, the home life, a balance of needing more support with the kids, you know, and, and that really came into play to help me feel a little bit more grounded and level. And, um, and it really kind of made a big difference for, I think, for our family. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that support, and you mentioned the concept of a village yeah. and the friend yeah. group that you created in Augusta, yes. um, what does support look like for you today? Um, yeah. Do you have any tasks that you outsource? Uh, you mentioned your husband, <laughs> yes. anyone else that comes in to help? Yes. Or... Um, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a big outsourcer. I mean, I um so I do have, um, so we do have a, a college here at Augusta. So I've got two college girls who kind of help in the afternoons. Um, and so, you know, one on Tuesday, Thursdays, one on Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday. But once again, here I am like logistics coordinator, you know, don't forget we've got golf later. Don't forget we've got, um, so, but they have been wonderful and they pick the kids up and, you know, the nice thing is a lot of the activities that the kids do are really close and so if I can take someone, you know, they'll swing by my office, drop someone off, you know, and I'll go in one direction while one goes in the other. Um, and, and I actually have been really lucky that my mom moved to Augusta last summer. Um, she, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she um, moved in July of last year. And, you know, I really hadn't lived in the same city as my parents um, ever since I was, you know, I graduated from high school and then every summer after college, I got an internship somewhere. And I like, I've always wanted, I love traveling, I've loved doing. And so I just never really lived at home. And so I kind of forgot like how nice it was to have, you know, have family here. And John and I have kind of had to make our friends our family, which we've done and it's been amazing. Um, but it has been really, really nice and really helpful um, to have my mom here this past year, um, just for occasions, you know, where it's like, oh, I want to take the kids to, you know, to tennis or to guitar or wherever. Um, she wants to be as involved as I need her to be involved. And so it's been really nice um, having her. So she's definitely become a great part of our village. And um, I think I spoke with you earlier about being under construction for the past year. And, you know, for a while we didn't have a kitchen. And so we were at Gigi's condo, um, cooking in her condo, you know, because that's just something that we, you know, you know, we just needed to, to do. And it was just very nice to have that option instead of having to eat out every night, which was a huge um, blessing and a huge, um, yeah, huge savings too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a meme that was going around recently that was like, biggest parenting hack is living near grandparents. Oh my God. It is. I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand it until it happened. And then I was like, oh, this is really nice. But, you know, and I will say we are, she and I, before she moved here, we had to have like a very candid discussion about, okay, like she was like, it's really important for me, for, to me that you and John have your life and that you know, I'm not going to just like show up at your house. Do you know what I mean? And, and I was like, I don't want that. And I know my husband doesn't want that. Right. Um, but like, I, and so, she, you know, I was, she was like, but it's important for me as well to have my own life. And she's really kind of taken the bull by the horns and she's really like found little groups and, um, and interest in Augusta. And she's kind of just really embraced the city and the city's really embraced her. And so, I'm, you know, I'm proud of her for doing that after living in the same town for 30 years, um, kind of just coming out and really, you know, taking advantage of, um, of all that, you know, the city has to offer, but it's been, it's been really nice. I had no idea how much I would appreciate it until she moved here. So. Yeah, that that involvement is really nice for for kids as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so changing topics a little bit, I want to get into your expertise or your area of expertise yes. um, when it comes to designing homes, because I have had so many conversations with moms. Um, I certainly feel this way where I'm like, you know, I see all these beautiful homes and I'm like, I want that in my house, but I know it's 
it's not the reality of my life right now, nor of my designing talent. Um, So designing homes can be really difficult for, in general, but especially for parents. Um, So what tips or tricks do you usually use when you are designing a home um, that you know children will be living in or if, you know, a family will be... (laughs) living yes oh my gosh i mean we have we are living it right we just finished construction and um and i have three rambunctious children i mean and they're kids and i want them to be kids and i want our house to be the house where people come and feel comfortable but it also has to be aesthetically pleasing too because that's my that's what's appealing to me, right? I mean, if I could, I'd have silk and velvet everywhere and it'd be beautiful and, you know, and sharp corners, but that's like not the reality that I live in. And so, um, you know, I think the beauty of, you know, the the market today and the fabrics today are there are so many, so many companies are putting money and resources into performance fabrics. And um, every single line that I have that I work with is really, really putting um, a lot of R&D into this because it's something that's completely necessary. I mean, if you, you know, going thinking about my kitchen right now, you know, the seat cushions, we have like a built-in banquette. I have the seat cushions um, that are in a, uh, indoor outdoor fabric by Jim Thompson. Um, so literally if I need to like hose it down, scrub it, like it was made for outdoors. But like one thing too is like, so for like our ban- our kitchen banquette, one of the beautiful things is that we've got, you know, indoor outdoor fabrics for the kids chairs, but then on the banquette, um, I wanted a really fun kind of punchy fabric. Of course it didn't come in an indoor outdoor. So I had it vinylized, um, which I sent it off to a company and they, and they basically put a vinyl coating over it. And then my upholsterer came and built a custom banquette seat, um, on for the cushions. The beauty of it is, is like, of course, you know, I have two boys and a girl, my girl, is as cute as can be, but is the messiest one of all of my children and spills probably, you know, multiple times every single meal and we love her for it. But I designed this banquette with Eloise in mind because like literally I can like wipe it off and it's still punchy and colorful and beautiful, but it is, we call it Eloise proof, right? I mean, it is, it's durable and, you know, I don't care if the kids get blue icing on it. I don't care if they spill their eggs on it. It can be cleaned. And so that's the biggest thing is there's so many different things that we can do these days um, to really make um, our homes still beautiful, but um, functional for the way that our children live. And so I really kind of put a lot of thought and emphasis into making sure that the fabrics that we choose um, are durable and can hold up to families because the one thing that I would hate is for me to design this room and then moms have to be like, okay, no, like you're not allowed in there. Right. I mean, that's not what a home's about. Right. I want rooms to be warm and welcoming and I want to see kids like lounging on furniture um, and not what I feel like I know my mom had growing up. Like they had a room they couldn't go in. Right. (laughs) And that's not, I think there's so much, you know, so many new, uh, so much new technology that allows us to kind of make our homes not only beautiful, but also functional for how we all live. So it's, it's really, the fabrics are, are really where it's at, which is great. Yeah. It's interesting that you made the point about companies investing in the research and development for those performance fabrics. Um, and Mm -hmm. I assume other performance pieces, you know, rugs and that kind of thing, because like you said, I think, 50 years ago, it was very much you had a room that your children could not go in. Mm-hmm. And then you had the room that the kids were allowed in. And the right. room that the kids were allowed in probably had ugly furniture that mm-hmm. could be yeah. washed with soap and water. Right. And then the nice room was really only for adults. And it was you know absolutely not stain resistant in any way. So you're really separating the kids' spaces from the adult spaces in the house. And now I think the trend is more towards like living in your entire home and, and trying to make that beautiful, but also work for your family. Yeah. And I, and you have to live in your home. I just, I, you know, I really feel like every piece of your home should reflect you. And we, I have a fancy living room. I do, you know, but I got it, you know, I got my fabric stain treated. My velvet is a performance velvet, even though it's on nice chairs, 
But like, that's the room in our house where I found this really cool vintage game table and we set up a chessboard there and there's no TV in there, but like, I wanted the, the kids to be able to go into a space and be able to do something other than, you know, play on a Nintendo switch or watch a movie or, you know, color, you know, I wanted them to be able to play games. And so it was, um, you know, I think you can have those pretty rooms too. Um, but just kind of, you know, I think it's so much, I think it's so fun to have rooms that speak to different parts of your life and kind of have evoke different feelings when you go into them. Um, and that's kind of what I try and do with a lot of the home, with a lot of the homes and the rooms that we design. I want them to kind of evoke like certain feelings when you walk into a space. Yeah. And I love that your kids probably appreciate that. It's like a special room, with the special game table. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it teaches, it also teaches them to exist in like a nice space yes, that might be absolutely. less stain proof. Yeah. Well, and exactly like that is not the house, you know, this is the room kind of at the front of the house and like, it's not the room off of the backyard where they're running through with like Nerf guns and grass on their feet, you know, but it is a room. You're right. It kind of teaches them. Okay. We can have like places where we feel entirely comfortable and we can, you know, if our egg spills on the side of the banquette, like it's wipe, it's wipeable, like it can be cleaned up, but it also teaches them, okay, but this is a room that's maybe a little nicer and a little bit more special to mommy. Like, okay, we kind of want, we need to know how to act in that space. And and you're right. It is so important because there's going to be situations where you take your children, you know, whether it's to like a formal dinner, there's so many people who are like, Oh, I can't take my children to a nice sit down dinner. I'm like, take them, like travel with them because the sooner you do, the sooner that they will learn how to, you know, they mimic your behavior. So if you're sitting there and if you're, you know, having nice manners and you're able to, you know, sit at a table without looking at your phone and have a family conversation, like, I think it's so important for them to see that, that that's normal and that should be what it's expected. And I think it's okay for them to have rooms in the house where, you know, they can't like jump on the furniture and they have to like treat everything with respect because, you know, throughout their lives, they're going to be put in those situations and they need to know how to act and how to respond. Absolutely. Speaking of space that kids live in, um, yes. do you have any tips for designing kids or nursery kids rooms or nurseries? Um, Cause yes. I think they're such fun spaces to design. I think frequently they're the room that is designed from scratch. Yes. Um, you know, you're not bringing anything old usually into a child's nursery unless it's, you know, something of sentimental value. So, so what do you, what tips do you have for parents looking to design those spaces? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love designing kids rooms. I have, I think it's so much fun because it's really interesting when meeting with clients, um, and talking about their children's rooms. A lot of times it's like the parents kind of telling me, okay, you know, he likes cars or she loves, you know, flowers or she loves this, this color, you know, so it kind of just like lets me kind of play off of these little like tips and tricks and little, you know, tidbits that the parents give me. Um, but a lot of times I really try and pick up on what it is that the child likes um, and not, you know, I'm not necessarily someone who's going to do, well, I won't do a Barbie room, right? That's just not me. I guess you could hire someone else if you wanted that. But I I really try to build a room so that they can grow with the child Um, because these rooms are investments, you know? And so for me, you know, um, it's important that, you know, even though it's like, it may be pink, but is it has these like kind of, you know, feminine qualities that I will kind of get her through, you know, not just two years, but maybe five, eight years until she's a teenager and may want something, you know, a little bit more grown up, which is totally understandable or new layers can be added to it. So that way they can kind of like evolve with the child as they get older. Um, for my, my children, you know, I really kind of let them tell me what they wanted and it was so fun. Um, one of my children or my oldest son Grove, um, when we bought the house, we, I went ahead and did the upstairs. Um, and that's where their rooms were because I knew the downstairs was going to be kind of a mess and under construction. And so I really wanted them to have a space they could go to that felt like them, you know, if construction got to be too much, they could kind of like 
go and have their room and it had their things in it and it felt like them. So um, Grove's room was really cool because it was a wood paneled room, um, original to the house. And he and, and he and my husband love to fly fish. And so he was like, mom, like I want this room and I want it to be a fly fishing room. And I was like, okay. And so I was like, how do I make like a wood paneled room? Like cool. Like I didn't want to whitewash it or I didn't want to paint it. I didn't want to, you know, do a wash over it. And so I, um, I had my painter kind of, you know, shine up the wood cause it had been dried from kind of years of neglect. And then we painted the trim, like a beautiful Navy trim and, um, added, like, I found some like vintage, you know, fly, fly baskets, um, and like vintage fly rods and put pictures of maps and, um, just, you know, incorporating all these really interesting pieces of art that kind of made the room feel really handsome um, and just really layered it with art and, um, and things that were, you know, special to, to him and to, you know, kind of that theme that, um, that he told me that he wanted to do. So it was a really, it was a really kind of fun little challenge for me to kind of make that room special. And, um, but yeah, I think that incorporating some sort of art, uh, whether it's the child's art or whether it's um, some fun pieces that will grow with them, you know, I think is great. And it also is fun to kind of help a child start an art collection, you know, which is something that I'm really big on with all my clients and making sure that they have art that feels like them, that speaks to them, that, you know, kind of evokes a memory or something, you know, makes them feel a certain way. And I think it should start in a child's room because they can take that, you know, they can keep it forever. They can take it off to college when, or when they have their first apartment. Um, I think that's a good little thing to kind of start with them young and get them excited um, about art and about, you know, making sure that that's an important part of their home. I love that tip um, because it does, I mean, the things that are in our childhood homes are so frequently tied to such strong memories, but a lot of them don't necessarily translate well to being taken outside of the house. Like maybe you remember <laughs> like some big couch that you loved or, you know, set of like somewhere that you always used to eat something specific and you can't remove yes. that from the house. Um, yes. But art is so easily transferable and you can hand it down to people. I'm just thinking my older son we have a, a watercolor painting of um, the Rothschild Villa in the south of France that my husband yeah. and I visited before we had kids, but it's at the top of our stairs. Yeah. And my son has always loved to look at it. It's very colorful. So every time we carry him up the stairs, he loves to like look at it. And I right. always joke that like, we're, we're going to give that to you someday. Um, I but I never would have thought of putting it in his room like that. Well, and that's the thing. And like, you know, and I don't know how it's framed, um, but like, it's something that if you're like, oh, it's really colorful. Like, how do I make this, which may be a more formal picture, feel a little bit more youthful and, you know, more appropriate for a young boy's bedroom. You know, framing is such an easy, fun way to kind of change the way that a piece of art, like, looks and you know kind of it's it's got a, a you know red in it like could you put a red frame and put it in his room and make it a little bit more playful and that's the fun thing about art too is like you can really kind of mix it up and add some um kind of different feelings just by the the simple notion of changing out a frame you know it's really it's really fun but i love um I, I, I kind of have the same thing. I'm like, I have pieces of art that I'm like, okay, this is going to go to Grove because, you know, he loves, you know, he loves the mountains and da, 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 you know, and, and, or this will go to Eloise. And, um, but also what you said about, you know, you and your husband went to visit in France and I, um, really encourage people, like, it does not have to be an expensive piece of art for it to, to be special. Like you could be in Paris and walking down like the side street or at a flea market and find like a little eight by 10 um, piece that you can fit in your carry on, get it, you know, because every time you see that piece of art, you're going to think about that trip that you took and how special it was. And remember we were walking and we kind of dug behind those, you know, those picture frames. And then this one came popped out. I mean, I have so many pieces that I found, you know, gotten for, you know, $20 and people are always like, Oh my gosh, where did you find that? And I'm like, I found it in new Orleans at like this street fair when I was with my brother, you know, it's just, um, 
it's 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 special you know and um i just think that that's always something like an easy way to once again to build a, a beautiful collection um and it's all very personal that way too absolutely which is, which is yeah. great and the point of having nice art yes. so do you have any favorite um other moms to follow or small businesses that are founded by women to support Yes. I mean, as I know, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I love the three other women that I am working with, um, that I share studio space with Natalie Thompson Photography, um, Medical Aesthetics Concierge, um, and the Scout Guide of Augusta. And all the Scout Guides are one of our good friends and the Scout Guide in New Orleans, and she's wonderful as well. Um, but yeah, um, I do enjoy, I feel like I've like kind of hammered home the, uh, the art aspect here, but I love following artists. Um, and Kit Porter is one of my, um, not only a family friend and a, a good friend of my husband's growing up, but um, she's a fabulous artist and she's just got a really interesting story. And it's she's a wonderful um, person to follow and kind of see the beautiful things she's creating that I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, it's just so fun to see her and how like her, her art has evolved over the past, you know, five, six years since she really started. So that's cool. I'll have to check her out. Yes, um, she's wonderful. And the Scout Guide, there is a mainline Scout Guide. Um, I think we've gotten it in the mail a couple times. I didn't yeah. realize that they were all individually owned, but that's really cool. Yeah, they're all individually owned. I think there's like a headquarter. Um, actually, I listened to a podcast with the two um, the two founders of the Scout Guide. Um, I believe they're from Charlottesville, so I think that's where the headquarters are. But then each franchise is individually owned because they're really invested in, you know, making sure the business owner is invested in the city, which is a great concept. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. I'll have to do more research on the one yes. in my area. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to close it out, shout out your account. So where can listeners find you to find out more? Okay. Well, we are very active on Instagram, you know, with interior design being such like a visual, um, <laughs> visual space. Um, so we can be found on Instagram at Lauren Robbins interiors. Um, and also, um, our website with, uh, which showcases our portfolio and where you can contact us and reach out to us for new projects at Lauren And that's R O B B I N S. So two B's. Um, but yes, yeah, so those are the two areas where we're pretty, um, we're pretty heavily focused, but Instagram is where we're kind of are on all the time. It seems like so. I'm sure. And who doesn't love to scroll and find pretty interiors to save for their, their $20 million dream home that everyone will, of course, one day live in. <laughs> And I will link all of that in the show notes so listeners can just check it out there. So thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren. I love chatting with you. It's been a pleasure. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. You can check out Lauren's business on Instagram at Lauren Robbins Interiors. That's Robbins with two Bs. Or via their website at laurenrobbinsinteriors.com. All links are included in the show notes and on Motherhood so much for your support of this podcast and the small business owners and features. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. I appreciate your support in doing so. You can also follow along with the podcast at Motherhood Design on Instagram or motherhooddesign.com for more info about guests, including their mentions and recommendations from each episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today.